Okay, so this is the Grouchy Club podcast on Monday the 20th of April, a day late because it's usually done with Kate Copstick, who's in Kenya, and she's had a, a catastrophic 21st century cyber disaster, which is her computer's not working, her telephone's not working, or not working well, therefore she can't do it. So I've actually got the lovely Juliet Burton, uh, so the lovely Juliet Burton, and the lovely John Fleming are doing the, the podcast today. I'm delighted to be here with you. I'm sorry that I'm not Kate Copstick, though. Um, I, I would love to be Kate Copstick, but I'm not. Well, we were discussing earlier on how you should really be a villainess. A villainess is the way to make money, I think. Kate, Copstick is, of course, a villainess. Anyway, but I'm, I'm, I always think I'm terribly with the kids on the street for a man of my age, 84, uh, because I've got, a, I've got a daily blog and I've got a weekly podcast, and I, and I was sort of preening myself at how, how futuristic I was, but then you told me. <laughs> I have a vlog. I, I do a video, a video blog, um, but that's only because I have to rely on the visual gags. Every week, don't you? Every week, yeah. Um, I was going to pay you a compliment saying that you, you, can, you can do esoteric ideas and um, or be all audio. I've got to rely on visual. Oh, you're a girly. Uh, I just like putting makeup on. Um, so as, do I? Yeah, you do. You look very nice today with all the, all the lipstick and the mascara. It's looking very yeah, pretty. Yeah, the blues, blues noon. Um, but yes, I do a. Uh, I've just started actually a weekly uh, vlog which will be released every Tuesday, and then I'm also trying out a couple of other new things. So um, I'm doing a thing called Twill, which is an acronym for This Week I Love. Um, so at the moment, I'm trying that out for a few weeks to see whether that is something that people like. And no, that's it, your acronym. Acronym Twill. Twill. Yeah. Not, 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 a, not a website or something. No, no, no. It's just yeah. just something to make it easier yeah. for me to um, say quickly on a video. Why is it called Twill? This Week I Love. Um, so that's what it stands for. And then I'm also doing, because uh, I'm doing the happy hour nights in Shoreditch, um, I do your, mon- a, your monthly a monthly comedy, comedy night, yes. yes, which I'm hosting. Um, and we did our first one uh, on April the 7th. And we're doing um, backstage at happy hour, so BAH, because I like an acronym. Um, how's that spelled? B-A-H-H. And that's a video as well? Yes, so, so that's a monthly so, one. So you're doing a weekly and a monthly video? You're doing your um, uh, vlog and your monthly... Bar. Why not? I kind of have enough to do. So um, yeah, I also I've um, got some ideas for some other more kind of um, I think the phrase is evergreen um, ideas that will stay on the interweb and people will hopefully search things like a dummy's guide to mental health. I'm going to hopefully do some things like that. So yeah. Why would that be? Uh, because some people don't understand it, some people don't get it. I'm not calling them dummies, but I am calling them dummies. Um, so I think sometimes it's nice for people to have an easy access, funny, accessible way of understanding mental health problems. And um, I think you might be aware, John, that I, I have a history of mental health problems. might have mentioned that before. Only because I've read my own increasingly prestigious blogs. It's a beautiful blog. It's very, very But, but nice. not as good as a vlog. It's not as trendy as a vlog. Well, maybe maybe I could help you get your own vlog going. Um, maybe with, with the beautiful makeup tips. You could be a fashion or a makeup blogger, vlogger even, yeah. uh, giving fashion and makeup tips for all your uh, followers. How, how does one vlog? I don't know how one vlogs. Uh, well, we've got um, I've got a GoPro camera, which is what I wore for um, my Look At Me research. So Look At Me was the show that I did in Edinburgh last year. It's going to come back this year, actually, as well, to Edinburgh. Not for a full run, just a limited run. So it's just a tiny little uh, like fibre-optic camera or something? Tiny little camera. Well, it's, it, I showed it to you earlier, <laughs> and the camera, and you uh, hey, you, hey. you said it was um, quite heavy and a lot bigger than you thought it was going to be. And the um, camera. And the yes. camera. <laughs> um, and you held it in your hands. And the camera. And the camera. Yes. Oh, and, um, yeah, it, it's not as... It's not like tiny, tiny, tiny microscopic, but it's... It's about as big as my palm, um, and it's uh, yeah. You kind of clip it onto you. You can take it around. So I take that out with me um, and film little clips of what I got up to um, and what I've done this week. And then it's just a weekly roundup of what I'm up to. So we we also have a 
um, a DSLR camera. Um, I don't know what DSLR stands for, so don't ask me. I really don't. Dirty Soviet... I don't know, anyway, yes. Your mind, John. (laughs) (laughs) You're always in Soviet Russia. Um, Russian amputee war brides or something, yes. So I have a DSLR camera, which um, I set up, and I film myself at my desk, and I do a little introduction, and, um, yeah, and then edit it down um, with the help of of the lovely Frankie Lowe from Castaway Audio, who I beg to help me because I can't do it myself. Um, So I owe him a lot. And then he puts a little bit of music on to make it seem a bit more jazzy, and um, then hopefully people watch it um and so far it's not doing too badly i thought no one would watch it but it's had nearly nearly 100 views in less than a week so quite happy Ooh, name again um sorry name again is oh it's on my channel my youtube channel is uh youtube.com forward slash the juliet burton i have copyright on there don't i the john fleming it wasn't actually you that inspired me no. it was um it was uh, greg fleet in australia has a um has i think it's his twitter handle is the greg fleet um, so yes, but yes, anyone who's anyone has a the in front of their name. Phil Nichols, I know, is the, the, the Phil Nichols. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, what are you doing for Edinburgh this year? Because uh, you're always doing uh, very highly researched video heavy shows. Yes, I'm, I'm taking a break from a new one of my uh, heavy video docu comedies um, because I want to take my time. So I'm currently researching. I say I'm researching two, um, but I keep having ideas for another two on top of that, so there's four in the moment that I'm trying to do. Um, This Edinburgh, I I think I'm allowed to say that I'm going to be at the Gilded Balloon for a limited run of Look At Me, which was last year's show. Um, So it's going to be less than a week of um, shows up there. And then I'm also going to be doing um, some spots with abnormally funny people. Uh, who are they? They are, um, well, you know who they are. I know who they are, but... The people out there who don't know who they are, they're brilliant. Get into them. Um, they are a collective of disabled comedians, um, and they are kind of headed... I was about to say spearheaded, but that sounds a bit wrong. Um, they are headed by uh, Simon Minty and Steve Best. Um, Steve is a token non-disabled. Um, well, he's bald. It, well, that is a, not a disability. It's virility, John, is, is baldness. Um, your, your patch is looking particularly beautiful today. So it's a very big patch. I was telling you that, actually. The, the stubble, the designer stubble is very nice. I think George Clooney does take fashion tips from you. Oh, matron. <laughs> he's not gay. Um, <laughs> not that I've searched with him. I don't know. I don't know. Actually, maybe he is. Anyway, um, but abnormally funny people will be at the stand on the square um, at 9.45pm for the whole of the Fringe um, and I'm going to be doing some spots with them so I don't know yet which dates I'll be with them but I will be up there the whole Fringe so I hope they use me as much as they like. Are you another token non-disabled person? No, I've got a disability. Mental health conditions, lifelong acute mental health conditions um, count as a disability. So It's good as only having one leg. Are we, are we actually saying that having one leg is better than having a life? There's no better or worse disability. Is, yeah. Yeah. No. I think, better, I think abilities um, are all on a spectrum. And um, for me, I'm just lucky that I get to hang out with some awesome people. Like Lost, Lost Voice Guy, uh, you know Lost Voice Guy, yeah, Lee yeah. Ridley. Um, he's a lovely, lovely guy. Ishan Akbar. Um, we've also got uh, Gareth Berliner. Um, I think Matt Fraser's also joining us. Uh, Matt Fraser's a very sexy man. Um, I have a massive crush on him. I hope I'm not on the same night as him because I'm going to probably just be blushing away and garble my words on stage because he's so lovely. He may stalk you. Well, <laughs> um, I, I, I think I might be in danger of stalking him a little bit, but he's got a lovely, lovely, sexy wife as well, so it's, a, it's all good. Oh. I might stalk a little bit of them both. In a threesome, lovely. <laughs> have you got a stalker? 
Um, what a good segue, John. <laughs> How clever of you to link it all together. Um, I, I don't have a stalker, no. Um, I, I have some very passionate, um, lovely, lovely followers um, on Twitter and um, on Instagram. And um, I've recently picked up a few more followers, which I really, really like. Um, I like picking up followers. It's nice being followed, but not in a literal way. Um, after doing a school show this week, um, there were lots of did a school show for um, fourteen to seventeen year old girls, and um, it was about seventy of them. And uh, they, I did look at me for them, uh, and so look at me is a show about whether appearances affect who we become, and um, it's meant to be funny. Um, it was quite interesting because it was the first time I've done that show for a school. And I'd forgotten until I got on stage just how many swear words there are in the show and just how much I talk about um, sexual things and um, going into Anne Summers and uh, talking about toys. Um, it was an education. I was providing them with comedy, uh, food for thought and also sex ed at the same time. Well, they must have loved it. Well, they all squirmed at the word penis, um, which was fun um, because normally people are quite accepting of the word penis. But I forgot that some of these girls may never have seen a penis before. Um, so I did did have to remind myself that yes they are a little bit funny little looking things if you haven't seen that many of them I'm not that I've seen that many of them but they're 14 years old in Glasgow their grandmother's at 14 <laughs> um, that's very stereotypical <laughs> having lived in Scotland myself John I, I think that there's, that's not always the case oh that's the point because you, you you've only just moved down from uh, Edinburgh to uh, home counties I think we call them <laughs> just north of London Hertfordshire yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it, yeah, a fine, you, fine county you say only just moved down but it was in January and we're now nearly in May yeah but I'm 84 years old so that seems a very short time time's it's not linear anyway it's all relative well it's time all time's happening now isn't it something intelligent (laughs) well not not now obviously no 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 sorry there's an argument that there are there that all time is happening now which is something that i'm trying to write some material about for dreamcatcher the new show that i'm doing but i should stop talking about new shows when i'm trying to sell tickets for (laughs) current shows for the old shows it's all rubbish Um, yeah, so look at me, uh, which is at Brighton and London. Uh, oh, Brighton, uh, Brighton Fringe, oh, Brighton really? Fringe yeah, on the 28th yeah. of May at the Comedia, if anyone wants to. Tickets are on sale now. Oh, um, yeah. Leicester Square Theatre in June as well, tickets are on sale now. Um, but yeah, I did this for, for the school. And um, yes... You uh, did it for the girls. I did it for the girls, and they all seemed to really, really love it. It was it was great fun. Um and uh, I got quite a few of them opening up to me quite a lot in a Q&A session after the show about their own problems with mental health and about bullying and um, it reminded me how hard it is to be a teenager um, uh, although I'm only recently not a teenager myself I'm not I'm a lot older than that um, and it's pretty hard to be 20 like you are yeah uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> thank you very much for deducting <laughs> 10 years off my age um, and yeah they, they, they're brilliant they're really wonderful because that age group really gets the whole message of the show um, and they also get how to use social media so I think I gained um, loads of followers on Twitter and um, they're all very interactive um, and yeah it's just it's interesting to remember how hard it is back then um, yeah. and see so yeah, how much a show can mean to a girl yeah. so. especially mentioned mentioned pinays yeah. whatever the plural is actually apropos social media suddenly just struck me off off, off message that um, uh, I blogged about someone we called Sandy Mac uh, I think this week and she gained 3,000 followers from Saudi Arabia 
Wow. And she's no idea why, and I've no idea why. Saudi Arabia? And, but she thinks it's Saudi Arabia, so it's all in Arabic, all, all the, the names. She doesn't know what they're saying, she doesn't know what their names are. Are they not spam spam people? Well, well I said there's an awful lot of spam. They, they might well be spam, who knows? 3,000? Yeah, because she went up, I think, from 2,000 to like 5,000 followers like, wow. in a week or something. And she, she reckons it's something to do with the fact that in my increasingly prestigious blog, I, I printed a picture of her, posted a picture of her in a tent. Right. Just what, wearing a tent or...? No, actually in a tent. In a tent. And the, the tent, I think, was in Brighton or somewhere, but uh, this appears to have no... Makes no difference to the Saudi Arabians. I've no idea what this is about, but I thought I'd mention this in social media. So are you saying that Saudi Arabian people really like camping? I, not a word I would use. Um, <laughs> we're back to George Clooney again, right? No, we're not, because clearly we're not going to mention anything about George Clooney, who has very expensive lawyers. <laughs> uh, and is married to a very expensive lawyer. And then he's married to... Um, all, all women are expensive. Well, I, I would like to be expensive. I, if, you ever, if anyone wants to send me anything, they really can. That would be fine. I don't, but then how can I do that without handing out my address? If they want to send it care of John Fleming, yeah. um, then they can send presents to me. That would be lovely. Yeah. In case there's noise happening in the background, I should point out we're actually in King's Cross Station. Uh, but due to the, the joys of Apple, you're not going to hear very much of King's Cross Station in the background. I spend most of my life in King's Cross Station at the moment. It's better than... than so that, that was going to be a sexist no joke there. I'm not oh, say don't any, do that, I'm not John. saying anything... No, we are out of character. I wouldn't say anything about King's Cross at all. It's a fine area and very yuppie. Um, it's also <laughs> very... Uh, very... Um, not very not clever of me gosh I need to wake up Um, I need another coffee Uh, it's very not clever of me to arrange meetings in King's Cross when it's so beautiful and sunny outside it would be nice to be outside have you been getting a suntan? no of course not I'm Scottish (laughs) I hate it Jenny Jenny Godley says when the sun comes out in Glasgow they start burning people as witches they don't know what that sort of golden orb is in the sky do you have a sun hat though? to uh, protect your virility patch <laughs> if it gets really bad I actually do wear a hat a sort of safari hat I get burnt along my part, my centre part and when it gets very sunny really? and Australia was difficult to handle but um, yeah ooh dot 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 you've been to Australia exclamation mark question mark <laughs> it's almost as if you're a writer that you have to put your own verbal punctuation in um, I did I went it's on like, a... like Victor Borg <laughs> I went on a three-month tour of Australia last year um, and uh, with When I Grow Up, which was uh, my first uh, solo show. Oh, but not we're plugging anything that you do, of course. But I'm, I've just um, come off a phone call um, before speaking to you about a funding application for going back to Australia, so um, I'm very excited by that. Is it a point system? Um, I think one, one leg would help you. <laughs> well, uh, I, might, I might tick the dis- disability box, but that's because um, I, I genuinely think that people with disabilities need to have equal rights and equal opportunities, not because um, of anything else. But, yeah, I'm, I'm hopeful that I'll be able to return next year. It'd be really good to... Um, so, oh, about to put that funding application in and see where it goes. Good. Who would you be funded by, the Australians? No, that one's going to go to the Arts Council. Um, the Arts Council England um, to the Arts Council England you nobody unless you have a B in front of your name um, they uh, they fund people to uh, international development fund um, so you get to basically I'm trying to prove to them that I'll be arranging meetings over in Australia whilst I'm there with producers and venues um, to develop my um, art and to develop my understanding of Australian audiences um, and that would be very nice to be able to be out there and do some showcase shows as well and um, yeah, maybe just be out there for a month to, to develop my artistic uh, skill set. And, and better backgrounds for your vlogs. 
Yes, it would be much sunnier out there, I think, maybe. So that could be fun. Um, yeah, and actually, um, you've been helping me with a book version of When I Grow Up as well recently. So thank you very much for that. Very kind of you. And how, how are you going to do the book version? Oh, it's going to be written. I'll, I'll write it. <laughs> good, good. I, I, I like that here that you're going to do it. Uh, and then, uh, so when I grow up, it's going to be partly autobiographical and partly a self-help book, hopefully. Uh, something like that, if, yeah. If anyone falls for it. Oh, no, no, I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> if anyone falls for it. Um, basically, if yeah. anyone has, has the common sense to actually sign you up and give you a vast advance. Well, that would be wonderful, wouldn't it? That it would, would be that would be yes. brilliant. Um, you could buy my big issue. Do you want to buy a big issue? <laughs> I, would, I always buy big issues. I think big issues are great, um, but you don't have oh, any. Yeah. Oh, thank you very much. Um, is that if you, if things? Are you really homeless at the moment, John? No, no. At some time, I will be homeless. You, you've, you're, you've got a home on the interweb, um, on the John Fleming. Dot com, is dot that? Co- dot com, yes. Dot com, yes. there you go. Not that we're go plugging things in this. <laughs> but then with copstick, she never plugs things. Plural copstick. It's all the BBC broadcasts. Um, she... In a BBC, you're not meant to say any, you're not meant to plug or drop any any names. Um, but... this, is it because you're a trained and an ex-BBC uh, broadcast journalist? Yes. But did you see the election uh, debates? I, well, I heard them. When Nigel Farage said it's appalling that the BBC, left-wing BBC, has stacked its audience against me, and when I was immediately told, in the fact, the BBC hadn't chosen the audience, and despite this, he's apparently, according to the Express, always right on major events, uh, is going to sue the BBC for bias. I mean, the man's an idiot. Well, there you go. That's that's a political uh, political spin from John Fleming. That's like everybody. You, you're very increasingly prestigious, so you're probably going to affect all the people's votes who are listening. To well, this. I do agree with his policies. Obviously, I mean, like sending immigrants back home to where they came from, specifically the English, back home to Germany. I think it should be said. Like the Angles <laughs> and the Saxons coming over here, taking our jobs, raping our women. But we're just we're a multicultural country. We've always have been. We're all a yeah, part of. Yeah, but we, we don't want Angles and Saxons, though. No, gosh, no, no, no. no, no. 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 Your Celts are okay. Your Indians are okay. You're, you're, your West Indians are okay. It's your bloody English. That's the problem with this country. Well, you says the Scot who lives in England. <laughs> oh, well, Britain, the, the Scottish can look after the finances, the Irish can look after the pubs, and to be racist, the, the Indians can look after the corner shops. Oh, John, no. <laughs> Everyone, equal rights for everybody. What do the Welsh do then? They sing. Beautifully. Beautifully, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. This is the, the future, according to you, if you were king. I think we should vote you in to, to become Prime Minister. No, just don't vote me, just pay me. Pay me, pay me not, not to, anyway. Is, is Al Murray really actually standing? He's not, is he? I know I'm a little I, bit naive. I believe so, I, I presume he's so. Is he standing? Well, I, I presume, I, I don't like to malign the poor man, but I presume he's doing it for publicity. He's on, he's on a tour. I mean, Malcolm Hardy, ex-Malcolm Hardy, uh, once stood for, I think twice maybe, he stood for election in Greenwich. And the first time he did it was certainly for the publicity, because at that time you got a free post delivery of your leaflet to every every home in the borough. Oh, and clever. so included in his, his publicity, he also mentioned uh, his his uh, his club and the, the times and dates it was on and so on. And therefore, it was actually cheaper to lose his deposit than to uh, pay the postage and all these, these letters. I missed out on a trick then, because in the run-up to the Scottish election last year, I could have stood for that, and then yeah. everyone in Edinburgh would have got all of my yeah. my leaflets and flyers in August. I don't know if that's still the case. I mean, Lord Toby Chuck, leader of the eccentric party, close personal chum, uh, <laughs> told me that, in fact, they'd up the the, uh, the money you lose. It used to be, I think, £500 deposit, now it's something like £5,000 or something. Wow. Uh, so it's, it's appalling. Anti, anti-democratic, I think. Everyone should, should stand. The Whig Party's starting to have a bit of a, a surge. surge. So the Whig Party or the Whig? The Whig. The Whig. Well, I'd, I'd vote for the Whig Party. Oh, <laughs> you don't need a Whig. Virility, virility, John. Be proud. Is, is there a Whig Party? 
Uh, Huig, yes, and they're, they're back. Um, and their biggest news story that I saw, because I, I like them on Facebook just because it's fun, and um, I'm not that into politics, but their biggest news story recently was that there was a fox on Downing Street, and their, their emblem is a fox, so they thought it was a sign, so I think it's very nice. Yeah, a fox on Downing Street? It was a fox, that a literal furry... As opposed to a figurative fox. As, a, as opposed to an actual Whig member. Um, since since I, mean, I, I, I shall abandon the podcast now, since when has the Whig party appeared? It's, it's out there, it's, just find it on Facebook. Because I mean, Whigs and Tories are both, I think, Irish rebels or something, aren't they? They're, they're bandits or something. I don't know. Yeah, the origin of the word. Uh, the origin of the word, maybe. I believe Whigs and Tories are insults. Uh, but, uh, well, I can believe the Tories. Ooh. Did you see about the, the mental health wristbands? People, there was a conservative MP standing for the election or standing for, and not the, the election, but, you know, standing. Anyway, she's standing. She stood up and she said... In America, they run, you know. Um, yeah. Why, why do we stand and they run? Because we're lazy over here. Because no, we, we're, we're, we're um, an older, older society. Anyway, well, carry on. They, she said that we should... She's quite young. Um, she's, uh, yeah, she said that we should have identifying wristbands for people with mental health problems. This is X-Men territory. Well, I thought it was a little bit like Nazi Germany. Yes. Um, and, yeah, they, she's... Her logic, in inverted commas... Um, see, I'm doing the punctuation now, verbal punctuation. She said um, that it was so that if, if police get into a ruckus, is a good word, with... Uh, she used it. With, um, with somebody who's uh, aggressive or obtrusive was the word she used, um, Then, it, and it wasn't their fault because they had a mental health condition, then the police would know if they had these identifying wristbands. But I just think that calls for the police to be compassionate to everybody rather than give them the benefit of the doubt rather than slab, slag a tag on everybody saying, oh, they're, they're mental health, the crazy lunatic. Can we just do a recap there? The police be compassionate? Oh, yes. Oh, it definitely won't catch up on, on in America. Or, or indeed in, in London. <laughs> also, if, if mentally, mentally damaged people have to wear wristbands, the whole of South London has to wear wristbands, surely. I'm all up for free jewellery. I love a good bracelet, but not if it's going to be reminding me of when I was in hospital and had to have the wristband from the hospital on there. I was sectioned. That's why the hospital thing, that's there. Yeah. Uh, you look like you're in pain. You know what? You knew I was sectioned. That hasn't thrown you, has it? No, no. I was just wondering how, how far we go into this. Um, uh, <laughs> are you a, are you a sectioned, were you? Um, uh, why, why, um, uh, so I did the brief history. I'll do the, the brief history. Um, so I was in and out of uh, mental health hospitals when I was a teenager. Um, this is a book pitch as well, by the way. <laughs> if any publisher's listening. Um, and, yeah, I, um, I was sectioned when I was 17 and spent my 18th birthday in um, a mental hospital. Uh, but then all the best of us have been to mental hospitals. I have, we? I have. There you go. See, we, we just tested. I'm going to start doing a trip advisor for mental hospitals. <laughs> there were five-star reviews and two-star reviews and terrible food on the on the eating disorders ward. Um, yeah. I, I have eating disorders, so that's why I'm allowed to say that. I thought you don't just have eating disorders, you have a list. You have oh. about 15 paragraphs of what you have. I think you're just being greedy. I am being terribly greedy. Or that there was, I think maybe I was diagnosed with all these things at a time when it was, um, that was the best doctors could do, is just diagnose you with a label and then shove you in a box. Whereas actually, if we're all on a spectrum, then, you know, labels sometimes aren't that useful because you can end up defining yourself by them. Well, I mean, the only thing you've not, not ever had, I don't think, is schizophrenia. Now, someone once told me, a friend of mine once told me, that they just call people schizophrenic when they don't know what they are. 
Um, I think schizophrenia, I've looked into this because I've been writing a lot about my psychosis and my hallucinations. Where have you been writing? Uh, I've been writing on my laptop um, and on my notepad, but I've been writing it for a material at happy hour that I do in Shoreditch. The monthly show that we're not going to advertise. <laughs> um, first Tuesday of every month. Um, and, yeah, the... Um, I... I've been writing about psychosis because I had uh, about between a month to three months of audible and visual hallucinations and it turns out that uh, schizophrenia is a subsection of psychosis so schizophrenia is a type of psychosis that you can you can have and I've met recently some people who have schizophrenic tendencies so that's something that's a condition that you have to I believe you have to learn to live with and um, it's an ongoing thing rather than a um, a spell like I had a, a short few months of um, hallucinations, but there are people who live with hallucinations. It's a beautiful, watch a beautiful mind. That's a great thing to give you. Some well, the Americans loved that. It's been terribly intellectual, and the British critics hated it as being superficial. Though I read so. a beautiful mind. Yes. Well, I think and that's the Russell Crowe being a. a, a overly intelligent academic or something, isn't it? Yes, it's not the best thing to watch when you're in the midst of it yourself. Um, but did, yeah. did you? I was just... It was about a year before I got sectioned. Um, yeah. It was It was dark. Yeah. It's It's interesting, uh, though. No, actually, because people... I've had several conversations with comedians about various things, but, but whenever they expose themselves, as it were, psychologically, they feel very nervous about doing it. But I always tell them, when, when you do it, you feel empowered... And the person doing it feels empowered and the audience feels um, uh, uh, uplifted in some way because someone else has survived something worse than they've experienced. At the first happy hour, you did a piece about your hallucinations, didn't you? Yeah. And you'd never done that before. And I think you said you felt nervous about it, didn't you? I felt terrified. What's it like to actually, as it were, expose yourself? Because all all comedians, by and large, superficial, uh, are uh, insecure. And there's nothing more insecure than exposing your actual deep psyche and people may reject you, people may laugh at you instead of with you. Uh, in, 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 <laughs> obviously, if you're intending to put laughs into, it, <laughs> into this. Uh, so what was it like to uh, expose yourself? Or know you were going to expose yourself and then do it? Yeah, I went naked in my blast yeah, show yeah, yeah. and this time I'm going, I'm going actually um, psychologically naked. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, when you said you went naked in your last year, that was a magazine thing, wasn't it? A magazine thing, yeah. I, I, did, a, I did a body confidence naked shoot in Cosmopolitan magazine. Yeah. Um, it was weird. This was the first time ever, and you were there, so yeah. thank you for being there, but it was the first time ever that I'd stood on stage and said, right, this is what I hallucinated. Yeah. Um, and I've, I've spoken to friends about it, and actually this whole experience was what eventually, I think, led me to comedy, was because I realised that if I wanted to talk about these hallucinations, the only way people would listen is if I could get them to laugh about it. Um, because conversations with laughter last longer. I was really nervous because it, they are very out there. I talk about um, seeing God and the devil, and these are big words that are terrifying anyway, and I don't even know if I believe in God, and I've seen him. So, um, him, her, whatever. Um, and, yeah, it turned out... You, you're right in as, in as much that the audience seemed to really, really like it. Um, I would say that, actually, it turns out that um, people want to talk about these things or want to listen about them now it, it took me 13 years since the ex- experience to want to, to stand on stage and talk about it but it took society about 300 years to um, want to listen um, and it also I, I got an email I got somebody came up to me after the show um, saying that they too have been sectioned somebody else emailed me saying they too have had hallucinations and that was in a, a relatively intimate audience like it was it was it was a packed out room but it's it's not a huge room um, and yeah, out of that, it's about thirty people, isn't it? 
Um, it was it was great. It was out of that those um, people. It you know already two of them had <laughs> had felt able to open up to me about their experiences, bec- and they've they've had similar ones. So I think people want to listen now. It's just we need to be brave enough to actually stand out there and and be more honest and more truthful. Um, and I think it's almost the best comedy that I like the most are, is that kind of um, the daring stuff, talking about things that um, people might not want to talk about um, in, in everyday conversation, um, because that's the kind of pioneering stuff. She said, I'm starting to sound like I'm putting myself in the pioneer bracket, but um, it's, I think it's the most real and the most, most truthful um, and the most raw and the most interesting, because it's... It's honest, and people respond to honesty. Well, in your in your excellently written pitch for, for this book, <laughs> you, you, you say that is it one in four people in any given year have some mental health problem. It sounded phenomenally high to me. Yeah, it's totally true. Yeah. That's some um, from Mind's website, Mind Charity Mind, which um, yeah, yeah. I work with. They, um, yeah, that's it's, it is a staggeringly high statistic, um, and yet people still like the German Wings. Um, the way that the German Wings tragedy was covered in the newspapers, it was just a horrible, stark reminder of how how little people know about how best to report this, how best to talk about it. Um, the fact that it, they were some tabloid newspapers were saying that how on earth could he be allowed to fly a plane with um, with such a long history of depression? That's just not helpful. If a, if a 15-year-old me who's just been diagnosed with depression walked past that newspaper headline, I I wouldn't have felt angry as I did, aged <clears throat> older, um, but I I would have felt like m- me with depression, I'm somebody who, to be feared and to, 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 to I'm a danger, um, which you don't have to be. You're, you're not necessarily. Um, you, you're somebody who needs to learn that you, you've got so much to give and you, actually the most, most people with creative tendencies tend to have some kind of mental health problem that just means that you're a bit more vulnerable a little bit more real um, and think outside the box more maybe hmm. yeah, this was the German co-pilot who flew the plane into in her mountain <laughs> yeah um, but nobody knows what was going on for him no. nobody knows it was, it was a horrible tragedy and the tragedy aside the way it was reported was just um, I think completely disrespectful of people with mental health problems. And he was a German, you know what they're like. Oh, disrespectful to Germans as well, John. <laughs> John Fleming, naughty, naughty. But, uh, as far as you, you talking about the psychosis and the hallucinations in the, the club, why was that more difficult if it was than... Well, you'd already said in shows, I, I had psychosis, I, I saw hallucinations, I saw God. And you would think mm-hmm. that's the point at which you feel nervous about exposing yourself. Why was it actually more... If it was, why was it more awful to specifically say what the hallucinations were? In my previous shows, I've said, you're right, I said that I had a psychosis or that I've hallucinated. I've never stood up on stage and said, I saw God and angels and the devil. Oh, have you not? I've not. I've said that in your blog, because your blog's... um, Much better than any show you could possibly go to. There you go. Um, You took the words right out of my mouth. Um, But I think that actually saying the detailed description of what I experienced is scary because um, standing up in front of a room full of people who could all turn around and go, do you know what, Um, I don't believe in God, I don't believe in the devil, I don't believe in what you experienced, Um, you are crazy, that would be worse than the doctors turning around and saying you have a medical condition that means you are clinically insane. Um, 
and it's kind of this weird social thermometer really is how much how accepting is society now of somebody who is very open and honest not only about these experiences but also experiences but also about the fact that I don't know what those experiences were I'm not saying that this absolutely was God or the devil or anything like that I just want people to laugh with me about the absurdity of it um, absurdity of what? well it's it, life in general being human is absurd um, and this is probably one of the furthest most corners of the universe experiences that any per- person could have is seeing stuff that in inverted commas isn't there like that no one else can see um, that that's a terrifying thing to happen for anybody if you're hearing things or seeing things that aren't there um, then to be able to try and draw a whole audience into that experience with you um, is a bit of a gamble but they seemed to come with me on it which was so heartening for me and um, I think it's one of the best experiences of performing comedy is when a whole audience is laughing with you about this experience that was so painful and you felt so alone with for so long and then hearing a whole audience laugh is like well brilliant I'm not alone with it anymore Is it cathartic? Yes For you? Um, I think catharsis is an interesting concept because usually you're meant to um, like process something through an experience say on stage I'm not processing that experience because I'm still I'm doing that in therapy so those two things are separate for me um, and you're still doing therapy I'm still doing yeah. therapy um, definitely that's a hobby of mine <laughs> um, oh do you want another drink John yeah, I have a tea thanks oh I'd love to order a Bloody Mary but um, I'm, I'm okay thank you um yeah, I think that... Um, oh, as live and, and unedited. Yes, live and unedited <laughs> is that um, I would love a Bloody Mary. If anyone wants to send me a Bloody Mary, care of John Fleming, that would be brilliant. Um, yeah, what were we talking about? I'm now thinking about I, I, how I much I want a Bloody Mary. I wasn't listening. <laughs> <laughs> but no, the thing is, I mean, you're, you're a, if someone meets you, you're a totally outgoing, jolly, happy, totally happy person, not a care in the world. Really? I would have said so, yeah. I'm a fantastic performer, aren't I? You are. Um, yes, yes. No, I, that's I highly recommended. Thank you. Um, uh, thank you. I, yeah, I, Robin Williams, there's a quote that I shared on... on ah, what online. a laugh he was. Ah. Yeah, well, yeah. he said um, that the saddest people are the ones who try to make people laugh the most because they know how awful it is to feel worthless and they don't want anyone else to feel like that. Yeah. It's a, the cliché of Pagliacci. There you go. It's it's not exactly Tears of a Clown, but it is... Um, it's a good song, though. It is a good song. Yeah, it's yeah. it's the idea that, yeah, I I, knew, I know so many people who um, have mental health problems who perform comedy and try to make people laugh on a daily basis because laughter for me is the light and the darkness and all that crap. The, um, the stuff that can seem very trite but really is very real um, that I... Yeah, I might seem positive and happy, but like most people with depression, you, that's that's one that is an aspect of who you are. Um, and sometimes you're faking it. Sometimes it's very real. Um, sometimes it's my mania because I'm on a high. Um, but then quite often um, behind closed doors, I'm really struggling. You've seen me on my struggling days. I've I've shown you that. I've yeah, not been the best of company, but you're always the best of company. Oh, uh, oh bless. Um, uh... Should I ask? Do you, do you take tablets? I can't remember. Do I, I take tablets? I actually can't remember. <laughs> this, this, do I have this, this, an iPad? Is that what you're asking? Yes. Have you got an iPad? <laughs> I do. I don't use it as much as I could do. Uh, uh, oh, there's your there's your uh, strong thank vodka. You, thanks, thank you. <laughs> the waitress is trying to get into this. We have, we have waitresses in King's Cross. She's got a good cameo role. I like it. She has. 
Well, that's, that's probably yeah, that's probably the end of that, isn't it? Because apart from anything else, at my extraordinary age, 84, I want to go to the toilet now. Oh, dear. Um, well, you know, somebody else that I've spoken to recently... Um, you speak to other people? I do speak to other people, aside from you. I have other friends. Shocking, I know. Betrayal of the highest um, highest proportion. That's not the right phrase. Um, but you, you told me that you were quite tired at the moment, John. And, yeah, I've, so I've met up with um, the lovely, lovely Doug Siegel, um, who's, uh, as you, who you know. Um, he also has um, mental health, history of mental health problems. He's a mind reader. You should know about these things. He is a comic, comic mind reader. Um, he he and I both said that we're both very tired at the moment and he thinks that he's got some kind of virus um, and you said you think it's just the fact that comedy's a virus and we're all exhausted because... I didn't at all, you said that. No, I, I said okay. uh, bizarre, uh, bizarre working and sleeping hours and... Well, but I, I've not been... My school shows during the daytime yeah. um, and yet I'm still... I'm getting eight hours sleep, nine hours sleep and I'm still exhausted. There's just too much excitement going on in the world. I was looking forward to this, this chap when you knew Copstick was stranded in Kenya with no means of communication. Like, yeah, absolutely. I sleep this night worrying about what I was going to say and whether I was going to make a fool of myself on your increasingly prestigious podcast. Indeed. Oh, are you, are you up in Edinburgh at the... Actually, we're advertising everything. Are you up in Edinburgh on the, the final Friday, 28th? I will be up there on the um, final Friday on Because in the last two years, is it, you've done uh, a Russian egg roulette. I will be up and, there. And got very close to... Uh, very close to winning. I came second both years. And this year, Richard Herring is not up there. <gasps> is he not? He's my nemesis. Cause Appa- apparently he's not, no. I beat him both he, years. He's probably changing his, his, baby, his baby's sort of crap-filled their nappy, I suspect. So you think I've got a shot? I think you've got a shot there. And a farmer's daughter. Right, I'm going to have did, to did, get in training. This is, uh, this is uh, Russian egg roulette is like Russian roulette, but instead of uh, aiming a pistol at your head, you, uh, you smash uh, an egg on your forehead, and in the, in the box of six, five are hard-boiled and one is not hard-boiled, and the person who gets the non-hard-boiled one loses, obviously. You also get to wear a very fashionable, um, all-in-one, basically a giant condom over yourself. For me, if you're a scaredy pants and don't want your, your prettiness there destroyed by eggs. I wore a silk dress the first year I did this. It was a ridiculous idea. Anyone who has ever... You know what it's like. You wear silk all the time. I do, yeah. It's a feeling on the skin. You can't beat it. You can't, can you? No, but, no, um, no. yeah, it was a stupid thing to wear, to have raw egg over me. Um, well, I wouldn't have mind, except it was my silk dress. And you also get... Um, you get so, yes, uh, you do wear it better than I do. You also get a beautiful necklace um, if you come first or second, don't you? Beautiful. You? Yeah, I got a little me- medal. Oh, it's a medal, yeah. It's a medallion, dude. It's a medallion. It, well, with, with, a, with a cock on it. I haven't yet won an as, award as in, up in Edinburgh. As in cockerel, I should point out. A cockerel. Yes, yes. yes. Um, I haven't yet won an, uh, an, any other award up in Edinburgh because this is the only award that I really care about. Um, is the increase, increasingly prestigious um, Russian egg roulette. No, no, this is the uh, the Scottish National... It is Scottish it, National. It's officially the Scottish National Egg Roulette Championships as, as supervised by the, uh, National, the World Egg Throwing Federation. So we're talking serious stuff here. I, I really ought to uh, compete internationally, and if anybody wants to fly me over to um, the Caribbean to compete in the Caribbean National um, uh, egg, Russian Egg Roulette Challenge, then I would mm, be very mm, up for that. Mm. I would have to go to the toilet, you know. This can't go on. Oh dear. Uh, well, we've done. We've done a fair amount of time. What are we going to finish on? Can you can you juggle? I can't. Oh, actually, I can, well, I can, I can juggle now. Yeah, yeah, there you yeah, go. Here's yeah. here's the live puppy. Here's the baby, and here is a ball. I'm going to juggle for all three of them. And that was that with Juliet Burton, who has has hallucinations. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and I your code now.